All right, we're here with Lance Ball, founder and owner of Aspen Mountain Plumbing over in Rock Springs, Wyoming. Lance, thanks for taking the time today. No problem, Nick. Thanks for having me. So Lance, uh, before we get started, it's important to know who this, uh, po- who this podcast is for. Uh, usually I do podcasts for plumbing business owners, but seeing how we have one of the best plumbing business owners in the country on today, I want to switch it up a little bit and uh, do this one for the homeowner. A homeowner who has had a plumbing issue but didn't quite understand it or has a current lingering plumbing issue and says, ah, I don't know what it is, I'll just fix it later. Perhaps, um, if anything, this type of episode will give the uh, homeowner a better understanding of what uh, you know wh- what the what makes up their plumbing in their home. So uh, first and foremost, Lance, uh, I want to get started by um, I want to just jump right into it. Um, if you want to know more information about Lance, uh, there's a great write up on Aspen Mount Aspen MTN MTN Plumbing dot com um, about his story. Um, but today we're going to uh, get Lance to talk a little bit about the what, what makes up the plumbing in your home. Where does it come from? How does it leave? Uh, where does the uh, dirty water go out? And where does the clean water come in? So we're going to get we're going to start by I guess um, all water starts at one of those big water plants, right, Lance? Well, yeah, correct. Uh, so basically, most water is pulled either from a river or a, a local body of water, or sometimes it's pulled off of a well system, um, depending on the community and how close it is to one of those those bodies of water. Um, but yeah, once it gets to that that treatment center, which is usually operated by the municipality or a municipality, sometimes counties will do it, depending on the area. Um, once it gets there, it goes through a process of uh, Cleaning it, clean, cleaning it, cleaning it, making it safe for potable water. Um, uh, usually when people think about cleaning, they don't know exactly what that means. Um, and usually what that means is that they're, they're running it through a bunch of filters and then they're adding a bunch of chemicals to kill the bacteria that may be living inside it. You know, wow. it's, 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 it's ironic. You say that they're, they're cleaning it, but every time I drive by one of these places, uh, it, it smells the opposite of, of clean. What's going on in that well, place? You're, you're smelling the discharge. So basically the bacteria, what's going out, um, they will put those into cesspools. The way it works is in a filter system, basically they're pulling things out. Sometimes the filter systems are removable and able to be cleaned by just changing out the filter system. Um, sometimes it's ran through a uh, natural media such as sand or walnut shell breakup. Um, there's a lot of different ways of, of purifying water, carbon. Um, and so what you're smelling is probably the remnants of the bacteria that's sitting in their pools that they dump out and then let the natural atmosphere evaporate the water and separate the bacteria naturally. So, so Lance, how does the water, once it's clean, once it's processed, once they've done their thing, how does the water go from A to uh, you know, m- my house? How does it go sure. from there to my house? Uh, I, I, you know, it's, there's got to be something going on underground. Can you kind of explain that process on, on how water gets distributed from point A to point B? Yeah, so it leads to the treatment plant, Nick, and it goes to... Uh, one or two different places. No, number one, it can go to is a is a storage tank, which a lot of t- towns um, do what they call a gravity feed. And basically what they'll do is they'll pump it up into this big tank. 
Um, and it looks like a, a golf ball or, I mean, it can look like a, a lot of different things. Um, usually it has the city's name on it, actually, right, believe it or right, not. Right, right, yeah. um, and and uh, it'll go into that tank and then it's gravity fed to the houses. And um, it's based on how far it's got to go. Um, there'll be a series of pumps the city puts in place in what they call a pump house. And that'll distribute it throughout the city. Um, some cities don't have those water towers. Um, some cities are right next to the river, so they'll pull it up and then they'll just pump it right through the main water lines, which is usually in the street. Um, in some areas, depending on where it's at, some, it might be in in the uh, uh, inside the alley or or something like that. If there's an access alley, um, it's all based on the municipality um, and and the local area. These pumps, these pumps that pump the water from the water plant all the way or across the city, these must be some pretty powerful pumps. Yeah, they're huge. It, it takes a crane to put them in and out. Um, they're they're humongous, and they have a lot of electronics that control it, that tells the city what's going on as far as their flow and their their pressures, and um, those have to be key, heated and cooled in the winter in our area, um, up in your area maybe a little bit in Canada. Right, right. Um, they'll, they'll have to be heated and cooled. In some areas, they're more cooled than heated, like in Las Vegas or Arizona or someplace like that in the United States um, where it's a little bit warmer climate. Um, but yeah, these are some massive pumps, massive pumps. Now, um, when it when it gets to the street, it's got to take a left or a right turn at some point, and 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 that means getting right into you know the foundation of your home or the, sure. uh, the upper level of your home, depending on what type of home you have. But it's got to take a left or right turn. How how does that happen? In most situations, what's happening is it's running down the main line in the street, and then they'll have what they call a lateral branch, um, which comes off to each house. Um, and those, by law, have to be separate for each house. They can't be all connected on one. So, like, you can't run a street on one lateral branch. You have to run the main down the street, and then each house gets its own lateral branch. And who's in, who's in charge? Let's say there's new development. We call this the urban sprawl, and they're, new, sure. they're developing an entire new neighborhood with an entire new street. Let's say Lance Ball Boulevard, right? Um, yeah. You know, they name it after That's a great uh, some name. Sort, right? Yeah, <laughs> name after some sort of developer or something. Now, on Lance Ball Boulevard, who's in charge of making sure that, you know, a new main water line is connected and, and running? And, and who's in charge of uh, or, orchestrating these left and right turns into, into the homes? Yeah, that's, a, that's a great question. So um, usually the way it works is when these developers are doing it, they hire a company to come in and do the main line in the city street. That's usually hired through the municipality. Um, once the municipality gets the main line in the street, those taps are the responsibility of the general contractor that's putting the house together. So they'll tap into it. it they usually will have a plumber do that for them, uh, or they have a excavation company that's certified in, in water line tapping. Um, or the city will do the tap and, and do a branch off. I've seen it all three ways, um, where a plumber's done it, where the excavator's done it, and the city's done it. So it just depends on the municipality, local area. Um, but once that has that tap off for that main lateral, then once it goes to the main meter or to the curb stop, or depending on what kind of shutoff they have at the, at the house, and that's based on municipalities too. I've seen them where they have meters in the box, and that's where it goes to. I've seen it where they come to a valve called a curb stop. All right, I, I'm going to stop you anytime you uh, speak a foreign language here, yeah, uh, Lance. Uh, so you're, you, you said you said meter box or curb stop. Uh, yeah. what, the heck, what the heck is that? So a meter box is a box where the actual city meter sits in it. And basically, your main shutoff valve will be inside that box as well. That's usually um, tapped over and then put in by the city. 
and then they shut off the water and they let the excavator or the general contractor or the plumber. Now I've seen and when you when you say meter box, I'm thinking one of those hydro meter boxes. Is is it very similar to that? Um, yeah, it's it's similar. Um, it's it's just basically a meter reading device with a valve, um, and then that's how they know what how much water you're using in your house to bill bill you on. Right. Um, in my area, because of the coldness that we we experience and the depth of the freeze, which is over six feet sometimes, um, we have what they call a curb stop. And so basically what that is, is it's a valve that sits deep underneath the ground. It has a riser on it. Um, and on that in that riser, there's like a little stem that's attached to the valve. Um, and then we plumbers have a special key that turns that off and on. Um, and then we put the meter inside the house because of the freezing temperatures. We don't want it to freeze and break. Maybe this is an episode for another day, but what, what's going on under that street? I mean, if I dig in my backyard when I was a kid, you know, just dig in the backyard, I just see dirt. But you're, you're saying there's a whole new world under there? Oh, there's a lot of world <laughs> underneath there, especially in a plumber's world. Um, you've got several different types of pipe going on. A lot of your phone lines, electrical lines, uh, most of your utilities come in through the ground and, and up into the house. Lance, I, and I assume the point of entry and the point of exit is through those, um, what, do you, what do you call it, those sewer, uh, the, you know, the, uh, um, what, what do you call those in, in the street? Uh, a manhole? The, the manhole, yeah, 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 which is covered by, um, you know, a, a, usually a steel, uh, a circular steel um, uh, insert yeah. or, or a yeah. top up, whatever you want to call it. And, and then there, you, so you open that up and then I guess there's a ladder for you to go down. Yeah, so um, it depends on the municipality again. Um, sometimes they'll have those for the water lines. Sometimes, in our, like in our area here in Wyoming, we just have a, a shutoff that is built right onto the main okay. that the city would shut off um, for water. Um, and, and we call that a block, a block stop. It's basically <laughs> for blocks, right? You know, gotcha. you're shutting off a block. The curb is for the house. The block is for the street. Gotcha. Um, and, and in some areas, they, they run the water lines through these manholes as well, access points. Um, in, in Wyoming, the manholes are mostly sewer lines that, that they're accessing. Why should a homeowner care about manholes? Um, well, I mean, there's a lot of codes that are based on the manholes. Um, the homeowner should care about it because, I mean, if that manhole gets blocked up, their, their house is getting some type of nastiness coming back up into it or it's getting some type of water coming back up into it, depending on what it is. Um, but those manholes are, they're very important for access points for the city and for the plumber. Um, we know, we know where your pipe ends by the, the manhole and therefore we can give a really good estimate of exactly how long your pipe is from your house to the main city street. And that's very, very, uh, useful when you come time to replace it or any type of uh, maintenance on it. Lance, at the risk of uh, encouraging any crazy ideas, the homeowner will say, well, it's my property. I have the right to go down one of those manholes. Do, can, can, they, can they do that? <laughs> uh, no, actually, technically, you're not supposed to go down those unless you have certifications called cl closed quarters or confined space uh, certifications. Um, all your plumbers are usually certified in that. Um, your city workers that deal strictly with the streets um, or, or the sewer they're certified in that. Do right. not, as a homeowner, ever go down a manhole. Always hire a professional. Um, Nick, it's it's really a safety hazard, is what it is. Is you have you have certain gases coming in that um, should shouldn't be exposed to any human. 
and and uh, we we as professionals have to carry meters um, and do certain things in order to make sure it's safe. And a lot of times you'll drive by these manholes and you'll see like a tripod looking thing and it'll have like this big yellow hose. Yep. What that's doing is it's actually uh, taking bad air out and putting fresh air in so it's safe for the individual to work. Um, and that's all part of that training. So if you don't have the training, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Call um, the pro. Uh, yeah, not enough uh, pressure coming in my shower. It's got to be the, uh, the the main water line. Let me go down one of those manholes and fix it. Yeah, if there's if there's not enough pressure coming in your home, it's not in the manhole. I guarantee right, it. Right, right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, and, and we'll get to why that is in, yeah. in a moment. So, yeah. um, so, so we've made a left or right turn, and uh, now, now, now there's a pipe connected to the water line, correct? correct? The main water line of the city. And that pipe is going to be, uh, so if, if the city has its own main water line, which is kind of in the road, right? Um, yeah. You as the homeowner also have a main water line that connects your home to the city line. Is that correct? Correct. And that's what we were talking about with the laterals. That's what they call them is a, a branch lateral. Um, that's the main line coming into your house. It's a solid line that's distributing the potable water into your home. Gotcha. And um, as a as, as a as a residential service plumber, are you dealing? Um, are you often dealing with the, uh, repairing or installing a line like this? Absolutely. If the if the curb stop goes bad, or the line between the curb stop and the house goes bad, um, we as plumbers are are doing repairs on that. And again, Nick, that comes back to local municipalities, depending on what their requirements are. Um, and, and here in the city of Rock Springs in the state of Wyoming, uh, the homeowner's responsibility starts as soon as that lateral comes off the main. Right. Um, in some cities, it starts at the curb stop or the meter box. So it just depends on the municipality. Uh, obviously, if your local plumber will know what the, what the rules and regulations are for the municipalities. And what goes up must come down. What goes in must come out. So there's going to yes. be um, a line that comes out of the house. But we'll, we'll get to that later. Essentially, there are, two, there are two lines. One line going into the house, which is your, your main water line. And one line coming out, which is um, the, the sewer line, right? And we're going to get to line, the yeah. sewer line or the drain line uh, in a bit. Um, yeah. But... but Let's continue the journey of 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 the water coming into the home. So so now we've established that you know um, um, there is a main line that connects your home's water to the city city line, right? Correct. Now now once once that first, where the heck does that that uh, main water line come in? I mean, I, I don't see it. You you don't see it. The homeowner doesn't see it. Where, where the heck is this thing? Uh, it depends on the on the house um, whether they have basement crawl space um, if it's an apartment complex depending on the building itself um, most times in my area we have a lot of basements so a lot of our our water lines will come into usually the utility room of the basement um, and that's where the water heater will be also um, a lot of times they'll put the furnaces in the same room um, sometimes it's referred to as a mechanical room um, it just depends on the home. Sometimes it'll come up through a crawl space and it'll it'll have the meter in the crawl space. Um, in, in places down south in Florida and you in uh, in Texas and places like that, the, the water lines will come into a closet or just outside in the meter box and then it'll break into the house through one of the walls and then go through the attic. So right. I mean, it just depends on 
and, and you and you area. say this, it, it depends, and that's and that's kind of broad. Yeah. But, but uh, let's let's get specific here, Lance, because um, you, you specifically have worked in two very different types of locations when it comes to how houses are, are, are built or, or how houses are structured. Um, you, you started your career in Las Vegas and you, you've, uh, you've come to make a name for yourself in Rock Springs, Wyoming. Now, um, when you say it depends, uh, and if we talk about the two different types of, of, of structural builds with the municipality of Las Vegas, or, or is, it, is, it, um, is it Boulder that's, that's north of Las Vegas? Uh, what's that area north of Las Vegas that's, uh, or south of Las Vegas that, that you uh, started your plumbing career in? Uh, Boulder City is where Bo- I started. Boulder yeah. City, right. So, so if kind of like the, the house structures in, in Boulder City and the house structures in Rock Springs, I mean, when it comes to just kind of the main line entering your home, what are the differences between the two and, and why? Well, um, down there, I'm not worrying about freezing. <laughs> it's it's warm. It's a desert, you know, so it's not going to freeze. So the, the water why, lines why, aren't going to be as deep. I mean, why, why would you care about that anyway? Well, I mean, if your water line freezes, it could split and break, and then you're causing leaks. Um, in, in Las Vegas, there's not a concern of that. I mean, it's a desert. It's hot. I mean, in the summer, it's over 110 degrees. In, in the winter, it might see what our summers here in Wyoming are like. It's 70 degrees, you know. Um, and, and we saw a, fr- uh, like a fr- uh, I guess, freeze gate last year in Texas where a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, huge. Do, do you remember yeah. that? So, so, yeah. so what, what the heck happened? What, 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 and you say that. What causes these pipes to freeze? And obviously, the answer is cold weather, but... What is it about the cold weather that that causes these pipes to freeze? So just like putting an ice tray in your freezer and in, in the, to get ice built up, right? You, you got water that you put inside this little tray, and when you put it in the freezer, it becomes a solid, right? So what happens in a water line is you have water in there continuously, and if you have that water line in a freezing area or in a freezing depth, and like I said. Rock Springs, Wyoming, our freeze depth is about six feet down. Um, that's as deep as it'll go. And what happens is the reason that they, they the way they figure that freeze level, Nick, is um, it's based on freeze, thaw, freeze, thaw, freeze, thaw. And as it thaws, it goes deeper and deeper. So your water is actually traveling down. And so as it freezes, it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And so there's moisture deeper and deeper and it freezes and it's solid. Um, what happens with the water lines is it goes from the liquid to a solid. And when that happens, it actually has an expansion tank place. Um, the solid water is actually going to be bigger than the liquid water. Sure. And when that, that happens and you're in a confined pipe, like your water line, it'll split open. It'll actually break open. And that's what causes a freeze break. Um, we, it's very common with people leaving their, their garden hoses on in, in the, in the wintertime, they forget to take it off. Um, the freeze hits, well, that water had nowhere to go except for inside that hose bib, right? Lance, I'm thinking of a, of a, of a Ziploc sandwich bag. I fill it up with water, yeah, throw yeah. it in the freezer. Um, a week later, um, the, the Ziploc bag is, is you know, kind, of hang, kind of hanging on, but it's got holes everywhere. Yeah. And, the, and, 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 and what happened is this, this now I've got a big block of ice that, yeah. that wants to penetrate through this, this thin um, you know, uh, Ziploc for, uh, bag. Not a freezer bag, but like this little sandwich bag. Am I, yeah. am I close here? Yeah, exactly. It's the same type of concept. Um, and, you know, there's different types of pipes that come in the water. 
Um, I mean, depending on the area, depending on the codes, the local municipality codes. Um, and, and we as plumbers have to follow those codes and we always have to do what's the most stringent. So whatever is the harder, more strict rule, I guess you could say, is what we plumbers have to follow. So if the municipality has a stricter rule than the actual national code, then we have to follow the municipality code. Gotcha. If, if the in, if the code from the national level is more strict than the municipality, then we follow the national code. So, and it's just really important to know those right, two right. things, you know. So, so I just want to go, before I move on from this, I think it's really important um, because these are huge damages. When I say huge, very pricey damages. If, 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 if oh, yeah. the main water line, um, you know, cracks, I mean, you're looking at thousands and thousands of dollars. So um, I want, I want, I want to know, as you know, a professional uh, residential service plumber, what do you do in cold weather climate to ensure that these pipes don't freeze? Well, we make sure that it's buried deep enough. <laughs> Number one, um, you always make sure that's down deep enough. If, if it's inside a crawl space or inside a, like underneath a mobile home, um, you want to make sure that you have some type of, um, we call it heat tape. Um, basically it's, it's a, it's like a cord, a heating a cord that once it heats is plugged in, it starts to heat up and it keeps it just warm enough to keep it to where it doesn't freeze. Um, you want to make sure your pipes are insulated real well if they're exposed. Um, we as plumbers in, in the state of Wyoming, and this is a huge difference between us and, and Nevada too. Um, in the state of Wyoming, we cannot put water lines on outside walls. Why? Because that outside wall is exposed to cold weather. Um, so it has to be on internal walls that we put any type of water line. Um, so in Nevada, it doesn't freeze. So you don't have to worry about that. You could put it on an exterior wall or whatever in Texas, like you were referring to, uh, everything was ran through the exterior wall and into the attic and which is exposed to weather. And then they had this extreme cold that they don't ever, ever see. And that's what caused all the freeze breaks to take place. That that's super, super interesting. And uh, I hope uh, if any homeowner is listening out there, um, g get a good understanding on on how deep that water line is uh, between uh, your home and the, um, the the main water line. And and what about like, I mean, what's the cutoff? What's the cutoff? I mean, of course, Wyoming gets super cold and Nevada, the desert gets super hot. But you know, some of those in between states like Colorado, I guess Colorado gets a little cold. But look at something like uh, Georgia or Missouri, something like that, where where it'll flirt with 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 cold weather but so, so what's the it just depends on state legislator it's it's based on the actual freeze area and that's based off the weather information so what they'll do is they'll take an information hey this is how much precipitation we get during the the winter um this is how cold it gets this is how many thaws we have it's all done on a scientific basis um guys that way smarter than i create these books <laughs> that give us these codes um, and it's all in the it's all in the code book. Um, but your local state, your local municipality will have that information, and they'll tell you straight up as a plumber what that is. Now, as a homeowner, if you're asking that kind of question, they're probably going to go, "What are you trying to get at here?" <laughs> um, but as as a professional plumber, they won't even question it. Right. Um, again, if if you're not sure what you're doing, it's safer not to do anything at all and just call the professional that knows what he's doing. Um, we don't, you know. The thing about plumbing is, is people like, most people take advantage of it. They really don't know anything about it. It's just in their home and they know that they can use their toilet in the morning and they can shower in the morning and they can brush their teeth and they can wash dishes and they don't know anything about where that water 
goes, where it comes from, or anything like that, Nick. So, uh, as as a professional plumber, that's that's what our career is. Is we we understand the system, we know the system both coming in and going out, right. um, and we we are the experts in that system, and that's what our education is in. Now, when when the water, so so we've established that you know the main water line from the city. And then it takes a left or right turn in the main water line from your home to the city line. Now it's entered your home and it needs to go left. It needs to go right. It needs to go up. It needs to go down. It needs to go forwards. Uh, How do you distribute water from one line to cover your entire home? And and let's say I have like a three level, a three story home, four story home. I mean, an entire apartment building. How, how, How the heck does that work? Well, that comes down to really knowing uh, what what you need as far as system. First of all, you got to know um, is the volume coming into the home, um, and we usually measure those gallons per minute. Um, or, and we also need to know the pressure <laughs> that it's coming from. Um, you know, when you're talking in the home, you start really talking about breaking it down into a lot of different things. Uh, you got to know what your faucets and your toilets can max out as as far as pressure. And you got to make sure that the city pressure is not going to be causing that. Now, there is a code that says that um, anything now has to be given a, what they call, we call it as a PRV in the plumbing world, but it's a pressure reducing valve. And basically what that does, it takes the incoming water and it sets it at a stagnant pressure of 75 pounds or less. Because remember, these these pumps that the city has, I mean, those are those are strong pumps. So when it gets to your house, if there's no uh, PRV um, pressure reducing valve, yep. um, if there's if there's none of that, then whew, it's coming in hot. Yeah, and and what a lot of people don't realize is um, it's not as hot during the day because people have their their valves open and they're using it, but at night that pump's still pumping the same pressure and nobody's using their stuff. So now all of a sudden that pressure increases because there's nobody using the water. So when, then that comes back to the volume, <laughs> you know and, what I mean? And, when, and for those, for those homeowners out there who think, Oh, great. You know, a, a fire hose shower. Uh, no, 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 your, your faucet, your, your, your shower head's going to explode. Yeah. Yeah. Anything over 80 PSI, any fixture is, is rated up to 80 PSI and no more. Um, that means that if you've got 95 PSI, that's going to damage that fixture, um, whether it be the gaskets inside or, or whatever it may be that controls the water coming out. You put heavy pressure on it, it's going to hurt it. But Lance, I'm getting a, a great pressure in, in, on the main floor, but upstairs, my pressure sucks. Uh, that's probably a volume issue, not pressure. So talk, talk um, more about volume. <coughs> excuse me. Um, I think that this is where people as homeowners get confused really easily, Nick. Um, and we as plumbers, when we, when we size a home for the water lines, we're not sizing it on the pressure because we're going to regulate the pressure. We're sizing it on the amount of volume that the house needs in order for it to, to maintain consistent pressure at each fixture. And, and that's where it gets confusing. People think, well, consistent pressure, well, then wouldn't that be my pressure? No, it's your volume. The more volume you have, the, and neck it down, that will increase your pressure. Um, and, and so it's based on volume. Um, you want a larger line to supply all these littler lines in order to maintain the right pressure coming out um, at 75 PSA or I or whatever it's set at at the PRV. Um, I usually set my houses between 
60, 65, and 75 PSI, depending on the area. Um, if it's further away from a pump house, and that's where your professional knows where the pump houses are at. If it's further away from the pump house, you're going to have a need for higher pressure, so I'll regulate the pressure at 75. If I'm right next to the pump house, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dial that sucker down because when that thing kicks on, it's got 150, 200, maybe even excess of 300 PSI coming into the home. Um, and we have seen houses that have excess of 150 to 200. Um, Lance, uh, what's behind all those walls? Um, I, you know, I, I hear whenever somebody flushes a toilet, I can hear water going through those, those, um, those, those pipes or when, when water is, uh, you know, uh, running on, on the washing machine, I, I can hear water kind of going through what's in those walls. Um, how do you install uh, plumbing lines in the walls? I mean, we've already established that there is an entry point in, in every yes. house is different, but now, yes. now, now we're kind of, uh, you know, connecting this to that and, and we're going through walls and stuff and this is all complicated. So can you, can you give us kind of the reader's digest version of what's, what's in all those walls? Yeah. So, I mean, inside your stud work is what we call it. Um, inside the walls itself, that's the framework. Um, inside there, you're going to have uh, water lines. You're going to have um, drain or vent lines, depending on what it's doing. And we can get more into that later on when we talk drains. Um, but, 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 but oh, sorry, um, before we uh, go any further, Lance, I just want to pause here uh, because if you like what you hear today, um, Lance has taken time out of his busy schedule. Um, do us a favor and uh, Google search Aspen Mountain Plumbing Rock Springs and leave them a five star review. These five star reviews help the local businesses tremendously. And if you have if you've received any um, value in this episode or if you've learned anything, um, do us a favor. Just a quick five-star review at Aspen Mountain Plumbing Rock Springs on Google.com. So, so I'm just going to kind of, so I just wanted you to take it back. Um, you were talking about drains. Yes, drains and vents. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more, but um, you're going to have, nowadays it's called, it's usually PVC or ABS um, pipe. And, and those are acronyms for a really huge scientific word, meaning what the pipe's made of. <laughs> um, I know so, people so, here. So what, what are the, I mean, I, I you know copper pipes. What, what's this P, PVC? P, what, what is it? Yeah, it's PVC, polyvinyl chlorine um, is the actual name of it. Um, but as plumbers, we call it PVC. And that's actually just saying what it's made of. So what's the difference? Uh, well, in copper, it's made of metal. It's made of copper metal. <laughs> um, and it's formed at a factory by putting it through the rigors of heat. Um, and then they put it out in tube form. Um, and there's different sizes that they do. Um, and again, when we were talking the volume, Nick, that that's where the, the plumber is educated on how to do the math on, okay, this is many units I have. This is the size pipe I need to do in order to equal those units and keep the maintain the, the, the amount of volume that I need in order to keep the pressure. Um, and, and I think those get confused a lot of times. Yeah. Well, they, well, they really you're do. talking volume, you're talking pressure. I mean, yeah. okay. So volume is the amount of water, but it isn't the amount of water coming in the same or, or it does pressure decide how much water comes. I'm so confused here. Yeah. So let's, let's just throw pressure out the window for a moment. Um, and focus on volume. Volume is the amount of water coming into the home per minute. Um, and what that does is it, it tells us, okay, we've got say like 10 gallons per minute coming into the home. 
but my furthest fixture is this many feet away. So I'll have a loss of that gallons per minute the further I go away. Wait a minute. Are you telling me my neighbor is getting more volume than I am? Uh, maybe. <laughs> depending so, so, on how their, their plumbing was sized, right? Or, or, or depending um, on how close they are to the, um, the, pump to the water. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, it depends. Now, obviously, up to code, everything should be regulated at the same PSI. Um, so your neighbors should be getting the same PSI as you are getting because we're regulating it in the home. In a perfect um, world. In a perfect world, yes. Um, obviously, the closer you're to that pump house, you may be getting more influx on your branch lateral, the piece that's coming from the city. But once it hits that PRV, it, it's restricting it down to whatever flow we're asking it to be. Right. So so the PRV is the, the, the pressure... Yep, that, that controls the pressure. It does not control the volume. Gotcha. Um, the size of the pipe is what controls the volume, um, and that's based and, on and, diameter. And proximity to the pump house. Correct. So, like, when we have a pump house that's maybe, you know, a Couple mile miles. down the road, yep. Yep. right, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a calculation based on the pressure coming in. So I've got, okay, this much gallons per minute flow coming in, so that tells me I need to measure this length of the house to the, from the, where the point of the water comes in to where the furthest fixture is going to be at. And then I got to do calculations to figure out what diameter pipe I need in order to make that volume equal throughout the house. Gotcha. Now, now um, at the risk of sounding too technical here, we're going to pivot away from the whole pressure versus volume equation because yes. that, that could get quite confusing. And I want to talk and for that. You should call a pro. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I want to talk about something you, you mentioned there. And um, you mentioned the furthest faucet in, from the uh, entry point of the, the water line. Why, why the heck is that important? So that's going to tell me what my drop is. What's that? Uh, that's going to tell me my drop. My drop is, okay, if I've got point A and I've got to go to point B and it's this far distance, how much drop am I going to have? And that's all based on a calculated um, process that we plumbers do. Um, we know that at this amount of feet, and that's how we do it, it's by the foot, um, we should have GPM loss of this much per foot. So GPM, what? What? Gallons per minute, GPM. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. We should have this gallons per minute loss per foot. And we have to measure that house from the start to the finish and know how many feet we have so we know how much loss we're going to have. And then that loss tells us, okay, I need this size diameter to maintain the equalization of volume in order to I, go through it. Now, that I, sounds confusing. I, I, I'm, I'm, a whole, I'm a homeowner. I've got a problem. The furthest <laughs> faucet from the main entry point, the water line, is yeah. the master bathroom. Now, yeah. the master bathroom has a wonderful stand-up shower, but I want to add a soaker tub to it. Now, okay. that would require um, very, very specific skill and expertise that you have because what you're saying now is um, – the furthest uh, um, uh, faucet fixture. from for fixture from the initial point of entry, um, that is the one that'll have the least amount of pressure, least amount of volume, least amount yeah. of volume. Okay, so yeah, that pressure is so, equal. It's seventy five psi no matter what. So now I'm renovating my master bathroom, which is the furthest um, fixture or faucet away from the. What what are my what are my challenges here? Well. You need to make sure that your main line coming to that that end of that bathroom 
is sized correctly to take on another appliance. Um, so many times these remodelers or these handymen come in, they don't know how to size it. And I'm not trying to cut anybody down here, Nick, but this is our profession that we were please, taught. Please speak honestly and openly. <laughs> um, we were taught as plumbers in our apprenticeship in classes how to calculate the volume from point A to point B and how to size the diameter pipe based on that volume. If you decide to add something down the road and the initial plumber never had that sized in correctly, you may not have sufficient volume flow to that bathroom to equal out putting in that appliance. Right. So it's really important at that moment to make sure that you're calling a professional, that he knows exactly what he's doing, make sure he's licensed and certified. That that does happen. Um, I just talked to a guy this last week in Washington that's not licensed. So, I mean, it does, it does happen. Um, make sure that this individual has gone through the proper course um, to become licensed. That means that the individual knows his codes and he knows his volumes. Right. Um, and so that's so very important to know. If you want to, if you want to add that soaker tub, and your your the size of your pipe won't um, is not sufficient for for the volume or the pressure. It, you're never going to um, have the right pressure coming out of the off faucet. Right. What you think is pressure, it's actually volume. It's actually volume. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, 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 so that's and that's super interesting. So now, as a homeowner, I have some. You know, if I want to kind of say, okay, are you licensed? Yes. Well, um, what do you think of the uh, size of the pipe? And and if they don't know, if they just say, ah, don't worry about that, don't worry about that, then th th those are some red flags, right? Yeah. Or they, or they just put in the the smallest diameter pipe to save you costs. And they're really just doing you an injustice because you need more volume coming down there. And that diameter pipe is what's actually equaling the volume. Right. Um, it's, it, 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 yeah, I mean, it's, the price sounds too good to be true. It probably is. <laughs> I, I've got the laundry running downstairs. I've got the soaker bath soaking. I've, I just flushed yeah. a toilet and I'm brushing my teeth. Um, something's going to happen uh, and it's not going to be good. And, and Nick, this isn't just water lines that we're talking about. This is everything a plumber does. Uh, I have to size the drain in accordance to the, the, we call it drain fixture units. That's the calculation for drains. And I have to size the, the natural gas or the propane line coming in based on the amount of BTUs, the British thermal units. Mm. So this is something that a, a licensed plumber is going to know right away because he's been schooled in how to calculate this. Whereas your handy Andy or your, your, uh, your handyman service or your Joe Blow do-it-yourselfer is not going to know that. Now, uh, you, uh, speaking of drains, what goes yes. up must come down. What goes yes. in must come out. Yes. Um, talk to me. Give me kind of a um, a beginner's guide on on what why drains are important for a homeowner. What what makes up drain lines and uh, how gravity has a particular um, part in the equation. Yeah, so unlike water coming in, where it's under pressure based off the pumps the city puts in, drains are all based off of gravity and the theory that uh, water runs downhill. If you put your pipe on a pitch and you pour a bottle of water down that pipe, it's going to drain. <laughs> it's going to go. Um, but there's some things that are needed for that to go, especially in a closed system. Now, obviously, we got water coming in and we're washing ourselves, we're using the toilet. We got to have a place for all that nastiness to go, right? right? 
Um, and, and I, I kid all the time with my father-in-law was a urologist. I kid all the time with him that I've probably as a plumber have saved more lives than he as a doctor has. And he, he would argue that point, but think about it for a minute, Nick, I bring clean water into the home that's been sanitized and kept safe inside the pipe to the faucet that somebody's going to drink. And then I also take their fecal matter and their, their, uh, their waste to say, um, out of the home. So there's no bacteria remaining in the home. Um, and so when you start looking at, you know, the cause of disease from bacteria and you, and the cause of disease from bad water, uh, I save a lot of lives. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but drains are all based off of gravity. Um, and, and way that works is it's calculated based on the drains fixtures per unit. Um, and again, we have to size that in accordance to match the drain flow. I need a right size pipe to get the amount of waste out if everything was flowing. <laughs> and that's how we, that's how we calculate it. But there's another important step there that a lot of people don't realize on drains. Um, you'll see this a lot of time underneath your sink. When you open it up, you'll see like a little U-shaped thing, right? And then it goes into the wall. So you got a little plastic pipe that comes down and makes a U and then goes into the wall. And that's is called that, a P-trap. Is that is that a P-trap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, a P-trap. What, what, what the heck does that do? Well, P-trap does two things, okay? Number one, it stops the smells and the gases from the drain coming back. And number two, it allows for the, the water to be held in there. Um, and it has to have another part to it called a vent. A vent? Um, yes. And in order for that water to remain in there, it has to have equalization of, of air pressure. Um, so what we do as plumbers is we run a pipe up through your roof outside. And you can go outside and stand in front of your front door and look up on the roof and you'll see a pipe what, coming out. What does it generally look like? Uh, it just looks like a pipe sticking right out of the out of the ceiling. I mean, it's it it's just it yeah. it's never got a cap on it. It'll always be open. Um, and what that does is that equalizes the pressure inside that drain line, and it also removes the methane gases that sewage causes, and it removes it from the house. But that equalizes the pressure, so your trap underneath your sink can hold water. So wow. your gases don't come back. So there's a lot of technicalities to it. Um, there's a lot of information that you really need to know when it comes to drains. You can't just put a piece of pipe in and, and people look at drain work as being really easy because you just glue it, right? It's just glue. Well, no, there's more to it than just <laughs> glue. You got to so, make sure that you have the right pitch. You got to make sure that you got the di right distance between the trap and the vent because if it's too close or say your trap comes down and makes like an S shape and it drops immediately. Now you've created a siphoning effect as water flows. It'll pull that, that trap out. So you really need to make sure that you have the right distance and, and the right knowledge to do that. Um, when you do it, I, I lived in, uh, I once lived in a country where, um, these, uh, P traps were not regulated. So yeah. anytime I walked into a public washroom where, um, that, oh, it was just an awful smell and not the awful smell that you usually smell in the washroom when yeah. it's been used a lot of times. It was this gas type smell, this like yep. almost like methane or something. Yeah. It, it was just, it, oh, it, it well, gives and it, that's, 
That's again, that's that bacteria part. Remember, we're talking about bacteria. A lot of airborne diseases is caused by bacteria that comes through the air. Right. Um, those traps are to prevent that. <laughs> it's to prevent those diseases from coming back into the home. And then those vents allow it to remove to a at natural atmosphere. Um, warm air rises and those gases that are built by, by sewage, um, they naturally will rise up. And so the, again, that pitch is very important because it does two things. It allows the waste to roll down with gravity without having to have a pump on it. And it allows those gases to go upstream because they're lighter. Gotcha. Now, if just to uh, give a visual, um, I have a uh, main water line or or a water line in in my right hand and a drain uh, line in my left hand. Would you, if I'm holding these two, uh, you as a professional plumber could probably spot out the difference. But um, to the average person, what's the difference, in, you know, visually from a, a main water line and a drain line? So visually, drain line is always going to be larger. Um, How much long, larger? Twice, three times the size? Uh, you know, um, depending on what size pipe you have. <laughs> Um, and, and what sizes you're comparing. I mean, if you're comparing a three-quarter inch water line, which is a standard water line size, and you're taking it to a two-inch or a three-inch, you're, you're talking almost four to five times as much diameter-wise. And, and that's the thing with pipes is um, some pipes are measured. When I say four-inch, sometimes it means that it's measured on the outside diameter of the pipe. And sometimes it's measured on the inside diameter of the pipe. And again, if you're not a professional plumber, you may not know what that means. Um, and, and you may be putting in the wrong size pipe for what you actually have to put in. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that's that's super interesting. Now, um, we've got about 10 minutes left, Lance. I, I kind of want to start at the, let's say, the, the master bathroom upstairs okay. and, and work your way down to the exit point of the house. Um, where I mean, it's going through the walls, but how how are you making sure that it's is it always kind of diagonal, or how, how are you making sure that if it has to go parallel, um, how are you making sure that there's enough flow or there's enough gravity to pull it to where it needs to get to? Yeah, so there's there's codes built on that, and it depends on where you're at in the house. Now, if you're inside the house itself, all you need is, per code is eighth of an inch pitch drop. Um, so for every, what that means is every foot, you have to have an eighth of an inch pitch or an eighth of an inch crack of a bubble um, on your level in order to make that work. Um, if you're going outside the house, um, say you're in the ground and you exit the foundation of the home or you're just basically break, bringing it out of the crawl space or whatever, now you need a quarter quarter inch per foot drop and that's all you know relative to the codes and and the size diameter pipe um can you over pitch absolutely you can over pitch a pipe um if you do too much that's a a good thing right because we want it out as fast as possible no that's not a good thing because again we talk about the equalization and and the pressure inside the pipe and how like if you don't have a vent or you do an immediate like curve down on a p-trap how it'll suck that trap dry if you have too much pitch it'll actually create a siphoning effect and and a vacuum effect almost and it'll actually suck those those traps dry so if you have a floor drain in your basement and you have you know a foot of of drop per inch instead of you know eighth of an inch per foot you're gonna have some serious issues with that floor drain being sucked dry um 
at the trap because of that siphoning effect. It's going to suck it out. It's going to act as a vacuum. It's going to pull it. Now, once it once it gets to its exit point, you mentioned yes. how we, we get it there and, and there's some fine tuning with the drop and so on and so forth. Yes. But once it, you know, usually it'll exit through a foundation or some some, some other place. You know, crawl space, slab, crawl whatever space, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, now, I assume this doesn't attach to the main water line that the, the, the no. that we were talking about earlier. It's got to attach to something else. What What, what is this attached to now? Yeah, so water lines and sanitary drain systems never, ever attach, ever. Okay. And, and they're completely two different opposite things. In fact, there's a code of how far we have to be from each other in the ground and how high one can be compared to the other. Oh, is that right? Just to make sure that there's separation even in the dirt of these two things. Because if sewage gets into your water, you just contaminated your water. And if water gets into the sewage, now you've overdone your flow that the city's actually basing their main on and that does mean a lot i mean and a lot of people think well sewer lines well my my rainwater that goes down the gutter that goes into that that little drain that just ties in the sewer no that's a storm drain <laughs> they're separate um all these things are separate and they're all running in the street um so you know your storm water is going to be based on the average rainfall and, the, and then your sewer is going to be based on how much fixture units you have in the house and how many houses are on the street. That's how the city's going to size it. Um, and then your water is based on the amount of houses and the amount of flow. Right? I feel so much better now knowing that when there's an abnormal rainfall and the street's flooding a little bit, um, that's not you know human feces coming out. No, no, it's going to be leaves and dirt material like that. It won't right, be. Right, right, right. And, and those go actually to separate places at the um, waste treatment plant as well. Okay, so so going back to the drain, and that so that what attaches um, from the home to uh, I guess the sewer line, the city sewer line is that is that correct? Yep. Well, what, yep. What's going What's going on there? Again, we have another branch, another branch lateral is what we call it off of the off the waste and um it'll be just a sewer drain coming out pvc abs uh back in the day they did cast iron clay tile they even did asbestos during world war ii to save on uh material for cast um because they were using the lead for bullets <laughs> to kill the germans right so they came out with different types of piping um obviously as plumbing goes on it's an evolutionary trade um we we continually are learning new things about the materials we're doing um, about the things going in our water. Um, you know, there's new diseases. Uh, a few years ago, Legionnaire's disease came out. Um, that's based on hot water. So, I mean, there's a lot of it, there's a lot of scientific research being done all the time, and these codes are being brought up and changed every three years just to compensate for those those discoveries. I've got this wonderful old oak tree in my front yard, and um, <laughs> I recently have a flood around the tree. Um, that um, that that could be caused by the drain uh, that connects from the home to the sewer line. Lance, Absolutely. I would love to have you back on to talk about different clogs or different breaks in a drain line, different issues yeah. that can happen. Um, I think today's episode was really, really insightful on, on how uh, water comes in, how water comes out. But, it, but if, you, if, if you're up for it, I'd love to have you back on and talk about a few different issues that, that could arise in this crazy world that we call plumbing. Sure. No, I, uh, I'm, I love plumbing, talking plumbing. Uh, I could talk 
hours for it, as you just saw. So um, I, I could probably do weeks <laughs> of talking plumbing. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Lance Ball, CEO, owner, founder of Aspen Mountain Plumbing over in Rock Springs, Wyoming. Lance, thanks. thank you so much for taking the time. No problem. Thanks for having me.